Welcome everyone to the Psychic Wives podcast with Ginger Hendry and Jerry Karabin. Here we discuss all things energetic, spiritual, intuitive, and yes, psychic. You'll learn about things like Reiki, animal communication, mediumship, or maybe just how to manage your energy on a daily basis. We'd like this to be a place where you can come to open your mind and allow yourself to create a better version of you. It's all about everyday living with a twist. Welcome to this episode of the Psychic Wives. I'm Ginger Hendry. And I am Jerry Karabin. And today we were super, super, super excited. And you guys are going to be as well. We have a guest today. Our guest today is Dr. Danielle Clark. And she is a life spirituality teacher and coach. She's an intuitive empath. She's a business professor and writer focused on, and this is the big picture here, how transformation happens when we break judgment ha- habits. So we are super, super excited um, that you're here, um, Dr. Clark. I'll call you Danielle from now on going in, if you don't mind, <laughs> um, because Ginger and I always say this, we're so super excited to have um, guests here for everyone, but for ourselves, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, we're like, here, we're here to put all this out there to help you guys, but we're like psyched, you know, that we get um, stuff. So, so Ginger, you were, tell us how you met um, Danielle. I met Danielle through New Hampshire Metaphysical, and we've had some of the people on. Uh, Julianne uh, Gadziella has been a guest, and, and Jen um, Hackett, who's uh, worked with them as well, has been on. Um, and what we wanted to talk with um, Danielle about today is a term that um, I mentioned to Danielle I only heard a year ago, and that is Dark Night of the Soul. Um, since that time, it seems to be popping up. You know how that kind of happens. I hear it he, here and there. And then um, when I came across Danielle, Danielle has a lot of background in Dark Night of the Soul. And so we're really excited to be able to uh, talk with her about what that journey has been like so that people understand um, you know, what that is and, and what, what's happening and how transformative, right? That it, that it is for people. And full disclosure, I had never heard the term I, until Ginger brought it up and I was like, immediately thought, well, that sounds interesting. And then she had sent me all your information, Danielle, and I immediately went over to that information. And I was like, oh, yes, please. Oh, yes, please. We're going to let you talk. I swear. Go ahead. (laughs) So Danielle, welcome. Um, If there's anything else that you want to do an intro on, um, you know, please let us know. Thank you. Uh, Goodness. I appreciate your energy and enthusiasm. I'm so excited to be chatting with you ladies and thank you to your community for, for listening. Uh, I believe you found here and us for a reason. So Absolutely. get your notebook out, get your pen out and uh, enjoy the ride. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I can't stand it. <laughs> so tell us, Dania, because you told me, because we had a conversation um, about really how this, um, journey started for you in Dark Night of the Soul. So can you just fill um, our listeners in on on the beginning of your journey and where it's taken you? Sure. Uh, I think I think the the term beginning is funny because it's so hard to give an exact, right? Because right. as you peel back layers, you realize, oh, that connected to that and that connected to that. Yeah, so when However, did it all start? 
right, right, right. Yeah. However, uh, I'll, I'll start the story from here. So I lost my job unexpectedly and I didn't quite realize it in, until later on, but I had a lot of ego wrapped up into my profession and into my job. I lost my job unexpectedly and almost instantly I, I fell into this unexplainable physical retreat type state where I needed to be isolated from the world. I could barely eat. I could barely drink. It, it was an intense de depression. And what was interesting about it was there was this spiritual thirst that I had mm -hmm. never experienced before. Uh, during one of my darkest moments, right after I lost my job, I'm, I'm in bed. I have no idea what's happening or why. And, and, and I just start seeking out spiritual audible books. I'm, I'm too dazed to even read, but I, I need to listen to uh, mediums and I needed to listen to spiritual healers. And that wasn't my go-to. Uh, I was a bit of a Scrooge, if you will. So uh, <laughs> everything that I would read had to do with how to be better, how to be the best leader you can be, how to be the best boss. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but I, I never entertained anything else other than a, a work-focused book. Uh, and, and so I, I'm in bed for this, this period, I'll say this, this 48 to 72 hour period, which was, was definitely the, the hardest because I didn't know what was happening. And I got this thirst to journal, which was something else that I never did just to pour out my feelings. Like, I let, me interrupt, let, me yeah. let me interrupt, let me interrupt you for a second. So it's just, it was just one of those things, like what we get sometimes your intuitive is just a knowing like, ah, journal, right? It was like, yes. just, you're I, I had to, to go with it. Yeah. You're, you're, you're spot on, Jerry. I, I couldn't explain it. And but my body and my mind and my soul was telling me journal and speak out these spiritual resources. And, and I started doing that. And, and it wasn't making me feel better. But it, it was uh, giving me some some kind of uh, companionship, if you will. And then I started getting really confused. I'm like, who the hell is this person? Like, why am I in bed? I'm never in bed. You know, why, uh, why am I seeking out journaling and, and spirituality? And, and so I, I remember I grabbed my phone, like in this fetal position, like Googling for answers, like frantically, like what is happening? And that is when I came across this term, a dark night of the soul. And what it is, is it's, it's usually triggered by some sort of an event uh, that, that, that shakes our ego or shakes our sense of belonging or shakes our understanding of the world as we know it. Uh, many people will experience a dark night if they lose a partner or maybe get out of a, a, a long relationship where they had a lot of identity. But for me, uh, it, it was losing my job. It was, uh, there was so much ego and, and self-worth uh, locked into that. So, so that's what sparked this incredible journey for me. And that's how I, I found out what a dark night was. And then um, I did more research and the dark night term started finding its way to me. And I started reading and uh, I, I went on my dark night path. Wow. That is so cool. So going back to like your job, like you were your job. 
you were your job. So that's why it was such a big deal when, you know, it wasn't like you were, you know, well, I don't want to say this because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like your job when you were 17 and you were, you know, you know, making French fries or something like that, that you were like, eh, okay, whatever. That wasn't your, your, that wasn't your thing. This was your career. And so it, it was, I'm not making myself clear at all here. No, no, you are. You are. Yeah, because was like, this was your career and this is you, who you had become. Ginger, you and I have talked about this before. Yes. About being, we were both in the corporate world for forever. And you, it's almost like you become sucked into this thing and it's, it's all you are because right. you're there constantly and you're, and you're working there constantly. Well, and here's the other thing too, you're, you're generally good at it. Right. So you feel right. good about yourself. So it is a whole ego thing. But to your point, too, um, Danielle, when you said that, you know, it can this was catalyst for you. But for somebody else, it might be the loss of a partner, a divorce or something, because, again, that's where your identity and safety and all of that is wrapped up. Um, I'm curious. Uh, I know we'll probably talk about this at the end, too, but what your spiritual um, or religious uh, growing up background was. I mean, did you have a sense that there was something, you know, more or, or divine power, or was that not even kind of in the context of where you were? Good question. I I was raised uh, a forced Catholic, if you will. <laughs> like I, everybody that's on this show was I know, raised. I know. I know. I'm just saying. Uh, and, and, and I never connected to it. I, I always uh, felt awkward. When do I stand? Where do I sit? My butt hurts because the of the wooden pew, right? I don't know what to sing. I don't know what it means. Because although we would go to church, it was never discussed or brought into my home life. So, so that really created uh, a friction, if, if you will, between, uh, you know, religion and, and me. Uh, it was my dad who, who divorced and I went to go live with my mom. I was like, woohoo, no, no more church, right? Uh, and, and I don't know that I, I never didn't believe, but it's not like I, I, was, a, I was a believer either. Uh, I'd say my, my first uh, knowing that there was something more, uh, I was in my early 20s and my mother-in-law, who is an absolute angel on earth, passed away. And I then had a clear knowing that something more existed. It wasn't a hope. It wasn't trying to make me feel better. It wasn't like Danielle, like, you know, she's okay. It, it was deeper than that. It was like, Danielle, she's okay, right? Mm -hmm. Clear, clear knowing. Uh, and then a few years later, my dad passed away, which just really opened up my spiritual spidey senses. And I could feel him. I could talk to him, signs and synchronicities. Uh, but even after that, uh, depending on how I was doing in my life, uh, I've shut down to spirit or, you know, I've said, oh, no, that was just a coincidence. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. So my, my journey has definitely uh, been a, a, a bit of a roller coaster, if you if you will. This dark night was the 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 uh, event uh, that really opened up my spirituality and, and has uh, kept those those gates open that that beautiful reminder that there's this spiritual being inside of me and that uh, it's my calling to keep one foot grounded in this beautiful human world, if you will, uh, right. and one of my other feet, you know, in, in into home, which is uh, which is the universe. So the dark the term the dark night of the soul is that period or that space that you found yourself in lying in bed for 48, 72 hours, whatever, that's the term that that's what it's 
can you kind of dive into that yeah, a little bit just to make definitely. that clear to me? You know what I mean? Let me, yeah, yeah I think that's really, really important. So that was the start of the, the dark night. A, a dark night is going to be a different experience for everyone. Like we talked about something different is going to trigger it for someone and the length is going to be different for everyone. So wh where I felt it the most, that, that physical, that, that 48 to 78 hours, uh, my dark night was about six to seven months. So it, it okay. really was this, this, this journey. Um, what what I discovered after losing my 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 job and and this stripping of ego was I had unhealed trauma from my childhood that that I I, I didn't even know existed or still existed, right? Uh, and and it so it was this onion you know, layers that came up through the journaling, through the crying, through the, you know, not working and, and being forced to spend some time with me. Uh, and I, I just, uh, a period of having to, to look at myself and my life, honestly, it was like the blinders just came off and it, it, it was ugly. Um, my, my marriage was in desperate need of a rekindling uh, tons of friends and family members uh, that I, I, I hadn't connected with because I was too busy. Uh, there was just there was just so much. So it uh, everything kind of through signs, synchronicities, through intuition, just really reared its 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 head up. Uh, and and so I'd say that's the dark, and not just because it's doom and gloom, but because you don't know what's going to happen. So it's it's not just because it's scary. Uh, uh, throughout all of it, there was this sense of of, of peace and connection to, to and spirit. guidance, correct? Yes, guidance. yes, correct. So that's kind of what like okay. So you start journaling. You're like, hmm, I'm being guided to journal. I'm being pulled into that. So as you're journaling or as you're crying, you're writing stuff, and it's almost like would you say that there was almost like a little bit of automatic writing happening in there? Oh. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So that's what you're being led to write about this stuff or whatever, bring this stuff up. So now this, there's the onion thing. It keeps coming up. It keeps coming up and like, oh my God. So then you start realizing the trauma and the childhood stuff and the, okay, wow. Yeah. So you were yeah. doing like personal work, like to the nth degree by yourself journaling, like, holy cow. Right. It was, it was deep. It was deep. pretty impressive too, because as humans, it's pretty easier for us to say, nope, not going to look at that. Nope, right. not going to look at that. So the fact that you stayed with it, like, holy, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, I mean, bravo, because I think that's hard to, as humans, not run away mm. from that piece, right? You know, I'm glad you mentioned that. That that's one of the things I'm most proud about as it relates to this journey. Uh, for the most part, with the exception of a few bloopers, uh, I did not resort to escapism, and yeah. and that's actually one of the 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 uh, the things that I, I coach on now as it relates to working through trauma and dark night of the soul. Uh, because I, I did, I stayed in it, even if it was uncomfortable, even if I didn't know what was happening next. I didn't over anything. I didn't. Uh, I, I mean, again, there was there was bloopers. I definitely wasn't wasn't perfect, if you will. Yeah, you had uh, your I, down days. Yes, but um, <laughs> I didn't resort to uh, over anything. It's not like I was over watching TV to numb my mind. I wasn't for the most part. There was a few slip ups, but um, I made it a point not to drink during that whole whole 
part with the exception of a few slip ups when I wasn't feeling the best me. Right. And, uh, and that ended up not, not too good, but beautiful learning lessons there. Uh, so yeah, that, that escapism, I didn't, I, I didn't over anything. And I think that's really, really critical. And one of the, the reasons I was able to come out of my dark night with love and grace, uh, and a comedic side to it, right? Like it's, um, I think that's important too. Yes, this is heavy work, but we can't take anything too, too seriously, yeah, right? No. Like they're, yeah. uh, even the bloopers, like they're, you know, it happened. It's funny. Uh, we, uh, we can see the light even in the, the dark. And, and I want to make sure we talk about that because even though, you know, going through, you know, the, the loss of my job and realizing that the relationships around me um, weren't nearly as strong as they should be, even though there's so, so much dark, there was, there was always light. There was always amazing things happening together. And then of course, uh, wow, my whole world uh, opened up after I, I put in the hard work and and, and my, my, my feeling is that light, those pieces of light are the path, like go yeah. in this direction, go in this direction. Right. I'm sitting here scribbling notes down, like questions, um, et cetera. First of all, again, I got to say this again, amazing that you stayed with it and did not do the escapism, did not do like, let me drown myself in a bottle of wine or whatever, so that now you have this to offer to people. Um, going forward, can you talk about how you, like, was there a part where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, here I am going uphill, 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 struggle, struggle, struggle. Was there a point where you're like, hey, I'm, I'm getting this and I'm, I'm on the other side of it, or does it not really happen that way? Yeah, that's, that's good. I I feel like there was a lot, a a lot of those moments. So a, a few, a few come to mind, um, uh, shortly after I lost my job and I started getting signs from the universe, which was just so cool. That was uh, a, a bright light, an affirmation that they, they had my back. My dad lived in Stoneham, Mass, and that phone number there is 438. Uh, and I started seeing license plates with 438 on them always. Uh, and that happened when he died too. So I was like, okay, dad, like you're, you're with me. Uh, and so I started seeing these signs and synchronicities, but a part of me was like, oh my gosh, like, I can't talk to anybody about this. People are going to think I'm crazy. (laughs) Right. But I, I, I I met up with a friend, um, who we desperately needed to reconnect. It was one of those that I had been too busy and we had let the friendship fizzle, but I really needed somebody to talk to about losing my job and just feeling that human connection. So I asked her if she'd meet up with me. She, she said yes, which was huge in and of itself. And I started talking to her, just taking a chance and, and just pouring everything out about losing the job, about these signs and synchronicities. And the next day she calls me and she says, Danielle, she says, I just saw a license plate with <laughs> the word Ant-Man on it. And the van pulled right up in front of me. And Ant-Man is the nickname she gives her son, Anthony. So oh. because I opened up to her, oh, awesome. I, I was able to, to, to have her start seeing some signs. So that's just one of, of many beautiful moments during the dark night where I, I felt like I kept getting thanked for being vulnerable and for speaking my, 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 my truth. Right. Uh, and, and one thing that really kept me going during my, my dark night, uh, is remembering that I'm here to help people. And another just quick example I can give, and this is important because it doesn't need to be big, you know, the, the bright lights in our, our daily life are sometimes more extraordinary than, than something big happening. 
there was uh, when I was I was feeling really down one day, down on myself um, for not being able to make it in the job, right? For not that identity. And a career coaching client I hadn't worked with in like two years reached out and sent me this beautiful note saying, you've been on my mind. I have this um, big career leap I want to take. I, I, I need your help um, with negotiating. Uh, and and, I, and it, it reminded me who I was. Right. It was like, you know what? Yes, I'm, I'm here to help. Uh, and then long story short there, I was able to give her power. She's making a boatload of money. <laughs> uh, exactly. And it's just, uh, yeah. So there was so many little uh, pieces along the way, but then there were some big ones. And I'm sure we're going to talk about Charlie, my yellow lab. Oh, uh, for sure. Let's talk about Charlie. Okay. Yep. Or should Let's we just there. go Charlie? Go for it. Yep. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so Charlie, okay, where do I begin this one? It's so hard figuring out where to start a story because everything- I know. <laughs> but I'll start with my dad again. So uh, my dad, uh, baby boomer, Irish Catholic, uh, just a scary man, a scary scowl, just a scary way about him. Uh, and of the many things he taught me growing up, it was that dogs are bad and they can't be trusted and and so that's how I grew up uh and and even through my 20s if, if I saw a dog uh on the street I'd intentionally cross the street to avoid a dog I wanted nothing to do with them right well my husband uh he he's got a very small bucket list he's such a simple beautiful man and uh, he, he hasn't wanted much out of life for me, but the one thing he's always wanted is a dog. He's never had a dog as an adult. Uh, he had uh, dogs growing up as a, as a kid. Uh, and, uh, and me, uh, you know, before the dark night, we don't have the money. We don't have the time. I don't like dogs, right? This very you know, black and black and white song over and over again. But before my dark night, I did start opening up a little bit to, to the possibility that one day we might, because I, I knew it was important mm. to him, but uh, never took it seriously. And if we were going to get a dog, it would be something small and easy to take care of and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> <laughs> so fast forward, I lose my job. Five days after I lose my job, I'm still lethargic, not thinking right, not, not feeling right. Like I have no energy for ego. Uh, my, my husband runs in and he says, we just got a, a text from our friend. Uh, she, she says there's a dog uh, and they, they're going to get rid of him and, and he's going to go back to where he was. And that's not a good situation. And she thinks we'd, we'd be perfect for him. Do you want to, do, do you want to look at the dog now? Because I was so weak at the time. Uh, I, I, I didn't say no. I just, I like murmured like, a, okay. Cause I, I didn't, I, I, I didn't have that, that, that girl in me. And so reluctantly we went to, to, to go look at Charlie, the, the yellow lab. My son instantly fell in love with him. Just, just petting him course, and kissing right. on him. And I was wary, but, but I was aware of the love and I, I can't explain it. But I, I, I said yes when he asked me if we could take Charlie home. And, and it so wasn't me. It was almost like I was outside of myself because I realized what I was doing was so not me. But I, I, I was just so beautifully weak. I, and I'm going to say that again, beautifully weak. So again, there's I was again, just writing something light. like that down. So I want to talk about that, but yes, keep going. Yes, I was beautifully yes. weak. And, and I, said, I said yes. Uh, 
I mean, and then the rest is history. You should have seen me like that first night. I'm like, he's not sleeping with us. Here's the crate. I think that lasted like a day, Please. Uh, you know, and I'm just a softy. Charlie's my everything. He, he, not to sound cliche, he saved my life. I, I had to get up and walk him. And I needed that. I don't know during my dark night that I would have had that strength, but I was out in the woods at least twice a day. And I needed that connection to, to nature. I needed that connection to unconditional love. And uh, and he didn't care that I didn't have a job. And right. he didn't care that the relationships in my life were broken because the me and him weren't broken. And, and so he gave me a lot of uh, levity and, and laughter and just absolute beautifulness. Well, uh, we've talked about this before, right, Jerry? I mean, this, cause this comes up as animal communicators a lot that animals come into us, uh, not randomly, they come in to work with us in particular. So Charlie was just waiting for the perfect time, let your guard down. Cause he was coming no matter what. And, you know, obviously we came for your whole family, but definitely came. Definitely for you. you. But here's the other thing, that beautifully weak piece that you said, I love that because, okay, we, as humans, we're looking at ourselves like, okay, I was my best when I was in this job and I was really good at it and blah, da, 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 da. And I was like in charge and empowered and ah, you know what I mean? I was at my best there. When in actuality, couldn't we think of it as you were at your best when you were too weak for ego to come in and take control of whatever. So you were just in this position of God, spirit, universe, G as I always say to Ginger, Jesus, take the wheel yeah. kind of thing where we as humans feel that this is the, the, the weak part is bad and that ego or, or, or part is good. So I love that you said beautifully weak because if we shift and don't think of it as weak and instead I was just in this beautiful place of allowing an openness and letting God spirit universe give me what I need, point me in the right direction. I mean, that gave me goosebumps when you said that beautifully weak because you were like, you know, whatever's supposed to happen is supposed to happen here be, but from a place that I couldn't take control. But like, to me, that's God's spirit universe saying, yes, she can't take control. We've got her back. Yeah. And as humans, we always go to that, that place. That is amazing. That yeah. doing that and like what we Ginger just said about like animals are like, you know, no surprise whatsoever that you're lying in bed all curled up in the fetal position and your husband comes running in hey dog you know what I mean? <laughs> god it's perfect it's, it's perfect. perfect it's perfect god this is amazing this is so cool so what do you do for people obviously so what we had said at the beginning is you god bless you went through and did this thing on your own and were able to stick with it and didn't run away or whatever so now you give to people, you help them so they don't have to do it alone, basically. Yeah, so one of the big things I'm doing now is, is just this, making sure people know what a dark night of the soul is. Yes. That, that way they're not me, like desperately searching Google, wondering what they're experiencing. We, we, we hear about the triggers, right? You know, grief, you know, loss of identity, but, but, but we don't know what that word is. And if we, if we know what a dark night is, uh, A, we'll know that there's a community out there and we'll, we'll know where we should be focusing on. Um, I run workshops on a dark night of the soul that 
goes through the stages that I identified both on my personal journey and the research I've, I've done to help people uh, go from that darkness to lightness in their own time, in their own way. Uh, most important to me though is, is through the, the journals. I, I was journaling uh, sometimes four or five times a day and I, I wrote uh, really, really detailed notes. Uh, for the, the last few years, I've been writing a memoir. I have been mm. writing a memoir about my experience through the dark night, how my childhood and younger years connected to the dark night, uh, something I couldn't figure out in, until months deeper, right? On, on, on why is this happening? How does this connect? And you know, just talking about my my real my real journey, um, both my human journey, right? My journey on on finding a new job and and uh, getting closer to my husband and raising Charlie, but then also this spiritually guided journey. Uh, in my memoir, I talk about I, I tried my hand at energy work and uh, all sorts of of different stuff. So uh, my give to the to the world when the memoir is ready is 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 those journals pieced, pieced together. Um, so people uh, have a companion during their dark night. One of the things that I was disappointed with, I, I didn't want a self-help book. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I wasn't ready to, to go get them, Tiger. It, I, I, but I did want a companion. I, I wanted to hear a real story about the dark night and, and uh, not many exist. Uh, and, and so I hope my memoir gives people uh, some perspective and, and some companionship. Uh, and, I, and I do take one-on-one -on -one clients as well. So clients can, can reach out to me if, if they want some intuitive guidance or you know, to talk about, about their dark experience. One of the many gifts that the dark night has given me uh, is I, I just feel much more comfortable with the darkness and a lot of people don't. So um, I've started working with those who are uh, suffering the loss via someone in their family because of suicide or going through terminal cancer, what, whatever it is, I'm, I'm a good person for that. I, I, don't, I don't shy away from right. the dark, if that makes sense. Um, the, the, the one thing that I love is, is again, like, okay, so if people know that dark night of the soul, like just the fact that you had mentioned this before, that there's like a community or there's people that, that that's right there has got to be a, oh, thank God. There's someone else that has gone through what I'm going through. There's someone else that is like a little bit ahead of me or a lot ahead of me, whatever, that can say, keep walking, keep walking. You're not alone. Um, you got this. That right there has got to be relief because you got to admit the dark night of the soul. It's pretty like, ah, you know, like, oh my God, you know, that, um, that's pretty deep. So um, I love that thing. I'm going to be a little bit selfish here. <laughs> the journaling piece. So full disclosure, I'm a writer. I've been a writer since I was like in high school. I've written for, I've freelance written for 30 years or whatever. I know how important it is to journal. Um, and I can't, it's so hard for me to journal. So that is a big piece of it. It seems like, I mean, it was for you. Is it when you do one-on-one -on -one with clients, do you really like, Hey guys, start journaling? Is that like, a that's a great question. Great, great question. No, I, I don't feel like that's the, the only way. Um, uh, a few things um, as it relates to your selfish question, yes. <laughs> uh, writing, writing, help me, Kim. Right, help writing me, Daniel, help me, Daniel. go ahead. <laughs> 
writing prompts are an excellent tool yes. to, to, to help you. In fact, in my, my newsletter at drdanielclark.com, every week I send out a personal story focused on breaking judgment habits, an affirmation, and a writing prompt based off of the story I'm telling that week. So that, that and it's, it's meant for a journal writing prompt to get you go to going deeper within yourself. But writing prompts are, are great, but it might be uh, you're, you're hyper-focusing on it right now and you need to get your creativity somewhere else. So that way you're filled up with creativity when, when you go to those, to those pages. What I recommend, uh, as long as we have a healthy balance of a release, and an in, we're in good shape. So, so you might not be intuitively called to release using journaling, and that's okay. Just ask yourself, how am I releasing my thoughts and my emotions? Maybe you're talking more these days with the podcast, right? right. Maybe, uh, maybe your release is physical. Maybe you're you're out there um, taking walks. So, just I'd say have a column with all your releases. But then find out what your ins are. When I say ins, what, what are you taking in for love, right? What are you taking in for creativity? Uh, and your ins can be uh, the, the same, you know, anything, uh, an inspiring podcast or uh, a help, you know, a, a, a book that's helping your soul. And so as long as your release uh, and, and your, your ins are about balanced, you're in a good place. And you might be able to identify that maybe one's a little, uh, longer than the other. And that'll just show you where, where you need to focus on. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense because now that I'm thinking about it, it was like, okay, so I've been writing for years and years and years, and that's, that's worked to me. It's not bad work. I love doing it, but it, it's a work related thing. So maybe that's why I'm not like sit in front of my journal and la la la, like, you know, because I've been writing all day for somebody else you know, or, or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've never thought of it that way, but that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I wanted I think, to go ahead, Ginger. I was going to say, I think if that comes up, uh, it's come up for me often with intuitive readings for people and not necessarily because I'll hear that, not necessarily journaling, but the fact of uh, two things is one, being able to feel whatever it is to actually feel it and not run away from it. And that it does need to be released. So whether it is in journaling or through meditation or you know whatever whatever it is, um, I think we do have a tendency if it is too painful to push back from it. To do well, I'm not going to do that right now. I'm going to go have a cup of tea, go for a walk. I'm going to call this person as opposed to sitting with it and feeling it. And that's what it sounds like you did on that whole journey of six or seven months. Is I'm going to feel it as best I can. You said you had a couple things here and there, human nature, but. That's the only really way to get through anything, right? Um, so I think that's great. What were you gonna say, Jerry? Oh, you're muted. Sorry, there's guys blowing leaves out my window. Of course, you know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> um, it, which, is, which is what, you know, nobody can fault you for those bloopers, you know, that you had said that you had in, in the beginning. Um, can you talk a little bit about judgment habits? Is that what you called it, judgment? Judgment habits? Sure, yeah. Um, judgment habits. So a, a, a judgment habit, uh, I think we know what judgment is. I'll skip to the habit and then talk about it together. Uh, a, a habit tends to be something that we're not putting much thought into. It's It just becomes second nature to us, right? 
Uh, I'm sure if I stalked to you ladies uh, in the bathroom during your morning routine, uh, I'd see you doing something in a very sequential way without even thinking about it. It's just a habit to brush your teeth after you blow dry your hair. And it's just a habit to put the mascara on after the lipstick, right? And, and so these, these habits can be great for our day-to-day our -day life because we're not thinking, we're just, we're just, we're just doing, right? And, and so that, that calms our, our brain a bit. But what the, the challenge is uh, when you have a negative habit, such as a judgment habit, uh, it's, it's the, the, the habit of either self-judging ourselves, self-criticizing ourselves, putting ourselves down so quickly uh, and so rhythmatically that we're not even realizing what we're doing uh, or doing that with others, right? You know, a beautiful woman walks by and the first thing we do is, oh, she must not be nice, right? Or, <laughs> oh, her shirt's too tight, right? And not even realizing that we're putting this, this toxicity into ourselves and, and into the world. And so uh, a part of my, my dark night was, was realizing I had so much built up shame and so many names I had called myself just just names uh, uh, slut was a big one I had to work through um, based off of my teenage years and and my 20s and and even some things in my 30s and just these labels of uh, and I call myself these things right and not even just go deep and say well why or you know what's making you think that like just flat out saying you're a slut or you're dumb that that was a big one you're stupid Right. Uh, and, and so it's it's these these judgment habits uh, where you're not even taking the time to understand what you're doing. You're just going about the, the day and, and putting yourself or, or others down. And, and so during my dark night, it became evident that I needed to understand why I was labeling myself. I needed to understand if I was labeling myself or if society was labeling me and I was I was taking their viewpoints. And, and making them mine uh, and, and really sort it out. And I had to work hard on not judging myself and breaking these judgment patterns and, and not calling myself bad or not calling myself stupid or slut or whatever that, that word that was coming up. Those, yeah, the see, this is, this is hitting really close to, to home, the judgment habits that I say about myself. Um, I'm very critical on, on myself. So, are there any tips of how, <laughs> like how, what do you, you know, is it just like, you know, we talk, we've talked a lot of like, just the fact that you are just the awareness of it that, oh my God, I'm really doing that. Or I'm doing that way more often than I think I'm doing that. Sometimes just the awareness of it is enough to kind of break it. But are there any other little tips or tricks around that? Yeah. Great question. Uh, so yeah, awareness is, is key. Uh, realizing you're not as unique <laughs> as you think because i you know we tend to to target ourselves right and say ah oh, you should have been perfect you should have done that better or whatever we're doing and we forget that we're in this whole big universe with people just like us and i know that that gives me comfort because when i attack myself i feel like i'm the only one in the world that makes a typo i'm the only one in the yeah, world right, right. that that drank too much right like whatever it is yeah. and that's not true so so that can that can help and 
And, and how do you remember that? Well, you need to have honest conversations with people just like we're having today. Mm-hmm. Reading is very powerful. I'm big into memoirs, obviously, but, but reading about other people's lived experiences can help because you're, you're reminded of the human connection that we're not as, as different. And what I always tell people uh, for another quick thing to do when you're being hard on yourself is if, if it's a mistake or, or uh, a perceived mistake, I don't even believe mistakes are, are real. It's all perceived. Uh, but ask what your intention was, because I would believe that even if you effed something up really, really bad, if you asked yourself what your intention was, more times than not, it, it was with good intentions, right? right. Maybe you just went right. in as, with a with uh, uh, as a bull in a china shop because you were hopped on up on caffeine, or you were stressed about your knees. Like there's there's usually a, a reason, or because you you were broken and you were hurt, right? So ask what your intention was, and that's also a nice way to help ground yourself, right? And 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 realize that that's okay if you if you made a mistake or you know weren't the the best version of of yourself. So I, I hope that helps to give a few. It does. I think one of the things that I'm kind of been a little bit aware of lately is trying to, when I'm aware of it, I try to say to myself, would you ever look at anybody else that way? Do you know what I'm I saying? Like, you know what I mean? Like if I, if I say, oh my God, look how crappy my hair looks. I can't deal with it. It's out of control and there's nothing I can do with it. Um, would I ever look at, at somebody else and say, oh my God, her hair looks like, I'm just not that kind of person. I just wouldn't right. do that to anybody else. So why am I doing it to me? I think that negative self-talk is so huge. And I don't know that people recognize they're even doing it. There's a whole conversation that you have with yourself that you're not always connected to. Uh, I did a guided meditation in, in yoga many years ago. And I don't remember what the guided meditation was, but whatever it was led me to understand that I talked terribly to myself. I was really mean and I don't think I'm a mean person. So I did the same thing, Jerry. I would say to myself when I, when I would feel that, cause I was more aware of it to say, would I ever say that to somebody else? No, never. Right. I would never have a judgment and it did help, but. Yeah. And it's that self-deprecating thing too. Like if somebody will come up and say, you know, I'm using the hair as an example, but oh my God, your hair looks so cute. I'd be like, Oh God. Uh, 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 you know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, right. why can't you just thank you? Yeah. Right. You know, and, and and I think that stuff, especially in women, no offense to men or whatever, but I think we're harder on ourselves. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe that's, mm. maybe that's wrong of me to say, but um, we really do uh, get down on ourselves. You know, there's all those, you know, sayings that you should, or, you know, whatever, self-help books you should put all over your mirror. I love you. You're beautiful. You're like, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, I haven't gone that far, but, but I like what you said. Yeah. Just, I guess the awareness of it and the, right. you know, is... Um, Because that is a big thing. Well, I love the intent, looking at your intent, because I think that says everything. I mean, that that changes the perception, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, I didn't intentionally, yeah. I I mean, God, you could go deep, couldn't you? I mean, you know, like, you know. So how much of your, like, in the dark night, was a lot of that coming up? like a, a lot of this, the self-judgment, the, the judgment habits coming up for you, like you were realizing, like you said, you were calling yourself all these names. And w- did you get to the point of, I gotta stop, I gotta let that, like, did something come up when you're journaling or doing whatever that's like, that's not true? Like- Yes, yes, okay. quite 
quite a few things. I think it was this, this self love and understanding and, and figuring out my, my intention. Right. And so, um, uh, I had a very promiscuous, uh, background, if you will. And that came up. I harbored lots of shame for giving my body in, in ways that didn't, that didn't serve me. Uh, and I was quick to, to use the, the labels slut, for an example. Uh, and, and through this journey of, of getting to know myself rather than just name call, yeah. uh, I, I did. I, I, connected, I connected pieces and, and I was able to understand my story with, with love. And, uh, and it's not about making excuses for any of my behavior or ways, but, but it's, it's coming from a place of, of forgiveness. So my, my short story is my dad was an alcoholic. My mom was mentally unwell. Uh, and I wasn't cared for the way I, I should have been as a child. I, I was neglected and, and there was a lot there. And, and so I can now look at some of the things I've done or the way I've acted and be like, oh. <laughs> yeah, so in other words, now. yeah. In other words, I wasn't a bad person. I was looking for, you know, connect, human connection or love yes. or approval or, or whatever that I wasn't getting. So now you're not calling yourself that bad name. You're understanding where it came from and you can, can you can forgive yourself. And for those that are listening, I'm doing air quotes here because you don't have to forgive yourself. You have to love yourself or look at it in a different way. Um, exactly. You know, like now yeah. I understand where that came from. So I'm not looking at it from this is bad. I'm looking at it from a place of understanding. And saying that makes sense. It makes, yeah. that makes absolute sense that absolute. that would happen. It makes absolute sense, so. And having hard conversations with others was a big one for, for me too, to finally get those self-judgment patterns out there. There was a few difficult conversations my husband and I had, and I had one perception of some things that had happened in our marriage, but I, I had never come out and talked about the shame or the hard feelings it was giving me. And what was interesting when I finally had these hard conversations with him and told him my, my side of the story, if you will, his was completely different. And he says, Danielle, no, you didn't make that decision because you were forceful. We made that together. Why are you holding shame about that? Like it, like he saw it completely different. So here I am, you know, just, just holding a lot of that judgment and, and making myself a person I wasn't in some stories, uh, you know, a, a perceived bully in some stories. And then when I finally opened up to my husband, he's like, he's like, no, Danielle, that's not how it went. Like we were in it together. Like it's all good. Um, that is so huge. That is so huge because I'm that kind of person too. I have some stuff that, you know, we all have baggage and everything and it. And, and there's a thing of, of, um, like I'm always on guard. I'm always on guard because somebody's going to do something. Somebody's going to mess with me. Somebody's going to hurt me. You know, you know, every friend, every guy's going to cheat on me. Every friend's going to, you know, uh, hurt me. So I, it's almost like I create these stories in my head of how this is going to go down based on this conversation. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I'll have a conversation with somebody or something will happen with somebody, exactly what you're talking about. And this is the way I perceive them to be thinking about this. But then we go and have a conversation or we get together later and, and it's like all good. And they're like, what? No, that's not where I went. 
you know, here, have a beer. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and I'm thinking, my God, but I understand that I'm doing it because I'm putting my walls up and I'm, I'm, I'm not putting my, I'm preparing myself for the fight. I'm preparing because I have to constantly defend myself in my mind. Do you know what I mean? And so that perception thing is huge. It's kind of like, and I'm not going to open a can of worms here, but it's kind of like, you know, Ginger and I have been talking about this, you know, social media, you type something, somebody looks at it and takes it like somebody looks at this one sentence or this one funny meme or something and goes bam, 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 and creates this thing. And you're like, what? It was funny. Do you know? Like, it was like, you, you didn't mean to go there. And it's not just social media. It's like behind um, I think Ginger and I have talked about this a lot of times too, behind an email, behind a text. Mm. If you're not talking to somebody and hear their inflection, see their body language or something like that, you can create anything the way you perceive this sentence. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's- and all those things, Jerry, that you say, email, texting, yes. uh, social media, that's become our thing. Yes. And it, it distances us it from other people. Because yeah. I can't hear what's in your voice. I can't hear what you're, and I, and I, I mean, cause we're all intuitive. I, I can hear that when we're speaking, I can't always in an email. So it yeah. is best if you have any kind of um, upset or conflict or question is to speak directly, even though sometimes it's really hard. You don't want to go really there. super hard. And you really have to be very um, like, for me, it can be hard because what I just said, I immediately, okay, I'm braced for this. I'm braced for this. If, if, if he says this, I'm going to say this. If she says it, I'm going to say, this is how, like, I'm like me, you know what I mean? Because of what's come up in the past. Clearly I have to get rid of this stuff. That's still, <laughs> I'm working on it. I swear, but, but I realize, and, 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 you know, I haven't done the whole dark night thing like you have, but maybe mine's like a lighter, night that's been going on for longer you know what I mean like because I'm doing the little bit of work like you did the work like bam you did the work like I've been slowly but surely and so I see these things coming up and I'm like okay stop doing that and I need to just be very open and very you know hey this is what's going on with me but it's hard and I do have to let those walls down but I know it's something I just it's something I have to work on it's just continually trying to, to work on it. But I love what you just said about that person. Yeah. And you have to be vulnerable and that's the hardest of all. Yes. Right. Especially if one of the things that comes up for you is being attacked when you're vulnerable, right? Be vulnerable. Like, yeah, really, really super hard, but God, so fascinating. When is the memoir going to be done? (laughs) Cause I need it now. You know what I mean? Thank you. Thank you for asking. I am, I'm finishing up this draft and then it goes to my editor, uh, hoping it will be on shelves within the next two years, but realistically, probably three. However, uh, as you ladies do follow me on social media, anybody out there, it's at Dr. Danielle Clark. Uh, You'll hear my writing progress, you'll get information about a dark night and, and continue to, to keep the, the conversation going because you're right, this this is important stuff. Yeah. And did you say you do have a newsletter? Did you say a newsletter? I do. I do. I encourage everybody to, to sign up for it. Uh, it's once a week. You're not going to get spammed. It's a, it's a beautiful personal story from me every week. Uh, there's usually some sort of a 
learning lesson in there about breaking judgment habits. Uh, and then you'll get notified of any events that I'm offering. In addition, I always offer an affirmation, which is also a great way to help that in to give yourself some positivity and, and um, affirmation of who you are. Uh, and then a writing prompt. So for those who do want to journal, or even if you don't, even if you just want to think about it, uh, I'll always add, add in a way that, that you can take the content a little bit further if, if you want to do the hard work that week. Yeah. So is that something that everybody can find on your website? Yes. If yeah. they go to drdanielleclark.com, and Clark does not have an E at the end, so it's Danielle, C-L-A-R-K, it's drdanielleclark.com. Uh, right on the front page, you'll, you'll see my smiling face. You'll have a way that you can sign up. And if you hang out on the website for a few, you'll even get a pop-up to invite you to join the, the newsletter. Yeah, and, and you'll be on our guest page, our guest page on our website, thepsychicwives.com. So you'll, everybody, if you missed that, don't worry about it. It'll be up on our guest page so you can um, click directly from there. Beautiful. So, man, it's been super cool. I'm just kind of in, you know, not to be like all like um, stalkerish, but I'm kind of in awe of you again, just because of that whole, you did it yourself. Um, you know what I mean? And, and are continuing to um, be of service to others who um, may not be, and this is not a judgment, but may not be as strong to be able to do it, uh, you know, and pu push, and I don't want to say push through, but own it and allow it and um, work with it and somehow in the middle be able to shift and see this as a, as a good thing. You know, well, to even recognize it, right? Because yeah. I don't know that people would recognize there's usually a catalyst, right? To that, to recognize that um, it's going to take you on a journey. And if you can do what you had mentioned or what, what we've been talking about is recognize it, try to work it through, get support around it yeah. and see the light for where it is. Follow that um, intuitive piece of yourself to, um, to work it through. On the other side of that, however long it takes. And it's not, we're not talking years generally, right? For, for some, I've heard it takes years. However, it's not necessarily that intense period right. for years. Well, it's maybe that's what we're talking about with me. It's not that intense period, but I'm working on all this stuff for years. Maybe, right. like I said, I'm a gray night, not a dark night. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> or I'm lazy or I'm fighting it too much or something like that, you know? <laughs> Um, and then it's the other thing is like, it could have gone like maybe what it is, or would you guys agree with this? Or what, what do you guys think of this is like, okay, so, you know, Danielle, you were, you were called to this, you were pulled in this, you know, direction. There are some people that would have maybe like, okay, lost my job, must find new job, must find new job. And would have just immediately gone into resume production and da, 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 da and like autopilot. So wouldn't, wouldn't even be aware of the poll you know what I mean? I'm sure we've all done that at, you know, before I know I can probably say that I've, before I moved into this stage of my life would, yeah, you know, got to get, got to leave this job, got to find another or, or something like that. So um, again, another, uh, another reason why I'm glad we're putting this out there. So maybe somebody listens to this and realizes, oh, let me not start freaking out and get the resumes or let me not start like how do it because this is what we do as humans how do I fix this right let me wrestle this to the ground 
and fix it and get back to my regular life the way I know it, as opposed to what we were saying before, that beautiful weakness. Right. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I love this. Oh my God. And that's why this is so important because 2020 did, it brought a lot of people a, a dark night. And oh, so yeah. now they have the name for it. And and although it sparked it, many people are still still through it, that the world that they know, whether a loss of a loved one or the loss of a job or just the loss of travel, it doesn't have to be big guys. Uh, I mean, it, it's almost comical. If, if, if on paper, if you saw my, my life, like by 15, I knew emotional abuse, I knew sexual abuse, you know, lost my dad in my 20s. Like, like it's, it's all this like crazy stuff. And it was the job loss. Right. <laughs> Not the dark night, right? It was the job yeah. loss. So yes. it could be, it don't, talking about judgment, and I think this is a great, a great piece for everyone to just remember is don't judge what sparked your dark night, right? It maybe it's big, maybe it's small, maybe it's gray, Jerry, like wherever <laughs> you are, uh, don't judge it. That's, that's the first step is don't judge, just take it as, yes, as yes. it is, because that's going to keep yourself open. If you start saying, well, I should be stronger, or this shouldn't be happening. Uh, and you're right, escapism, I, I had to fight that my 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 first uh call was okay how how am I going to fix that right like how am I going to get a new job how am I going to prove to the world yeah. that I'm still in the game yeah. uh, but my intuition was stronger uh and that beautiful weakness was there for me and I realized I couldn't get back out there and I was fortunate I I had uh, uh abundance in my life where I didn't need the job loss had nothing to do with uh, me worrying about my mortgage or, you know, worrying mm -hmm. about taking care of my family. Those, those foundational needs were, were covered. So uh, a, a great, but yes, 2020 brought a lot of change for a lot of people, whether uh, it's the isolation that's brought you to a dark night. Maybe you don't even realize why you're in that dark night yet. Don't, don't judge it. No, you're not alone. Uh, and there's, there, there's ways to, to work with it. One of my favorite quotes is it's the cracks in our heart that let the light shine in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So good. And so good. What you said about, um, you know, it could be these little things we, we, you know, whatever happens like, okay, all this stuff happened to you, but it was the loss of the job. You know, so it's like these little things we have to trust. We have to have faith that God's spirit and universe knows what it's doing and is giving it to us in the way we need it. Like, it, it, you know, if it was the death of your father, you maybe you weren't ready for it then. Do, do you know what I mean? If it was, you know, Absolutely. trauma or whatever, you weren't ready for it then. You couldn't have done it the way you did it. We have to trust. It's that Jesus take the wheel um thing god spirit universe take the wheel that's what i always say god spirit universe take the wheel yeah. or whatever that that caused you so just it could be this stupid little thing that throws you over the edge and you're like what the hell you I know? know divine timing whenever it comes divine timing. That, divine yeah. timing. awesome oh this has been great danielle thank you so much i i think that as, like as you mentioned 2020 was probably a catalyst year for many more people to go through whatever it is that they're going through um and I, I hope that this is really helpful to them and they'd be able to reach out to you and, and find the support and, and information to be able to get through. Yeah, I hope that just one person, even if one person looks at this and says, oh, yeah, I oh, thank God. But, you know, <laughs> oh, thank God I'm not alone. Yeah, right. Perfect. Just perfect. Thank you so much, Danielle.
Thank you. Well, thank you. And as Jerry mentioned, um, Dan Dr. Danielle's uh, Clark's information will be up on the Psychic Wives website. So look for that under the guest information. And thank you to Danielle for coming with us today. We really enjoyed the conversation. Great, great info. And thank you to all the listeners. Um, as usual, you know to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, at the Psychic Wives is our Facebook page and the psychicwives.com is our website. So thank you for listening and we will be back with you again next week. Thanks all. Thanks, Danielle. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Psychic Wives podcast with Ginger Hendry and Jerry Carabin, where we discuss everyday living with a twist. To learn more about us, please visit our website at www.thepsychicwives.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Psychic Wives. If you would like to support us, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And feel free to share our episodes with anyone you feel would benefit from listening. Sending you all peace, love, and light.